Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review AEW Rampage, but AEW Dynamite as well, Raw, SmackDown, NXT pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course. On WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to belatedly review AEW Rampage. Again, apologies. It was a bank holiday on Monday here in the UK, so we're only just getting around to it now. But it was worth the wait for that bloody tag match, wasn't it? Yeah, if we're just talking about that tag match. <laughs> um, it was a very uneven show. There was great, quite good, and actively bad. The actively bad like really undermined the whole marketing campaign, which wasn't ideal. But my God, that opening match was absolutely tremendous. And as we settle into this two TV shows per week cycle, the jury is out on whether it's ever going to be as good as February 2020 again. That means like an absolute 10.0 on Pitchfork. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, the Beatles back catalog, good. Maybe it can just be an 8 or a 9. This was a 10 out of 10 match for TV. Phenomenal stuff. I saw some good in this hour, but ultimately, if we can get a match of that caliber, it's just a little supplementary thing. Wonderful. Um, but it'll take about two months to finally get a sort of a measure of how good or essential or even how sort of undermining Rampage might be. But if we can get one match of this caliber per week on a one-hour show, I will say... I've got no complaints about that, <laughs> but I also won't be one of these um, pro-writer hacks who just say, oh, there's a storyline development, who can complain about that? Well, is it good? Is it bad? A development isn't a good thing mm, in yeah. itself. I was, uh, was going to say, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a one-hour show on a Friday. Like, if you're watching it at the weekend, if you watch that on double speed, it's like, what, 20, 25 minutes? Couldn't watch that opening match on double speed. It was too much, so I had to stop, stop and just really appreciate what it was. We won't do this every week, I promise. But I know the conversation, meh, 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 ratings, right? Do, do you know what it was? You know, it, Sid hasn't even asked to talk about this. It just boiled my piss that people were like, oh, back down to 700,000. Oh, I see that that's that then. It's like, well, yeah, because they didn't say CM Punk was going to be on this show. It's still a, a sensational number for that time and 
for the uh, proportion of the audience as well. I understand my being an oracle and my marketing of my being an oracle can sometimes be a little bit exhausting and I hate smug pricks. I try not to be one, but I got a bang right. I said, here's what's going to happen. They are going to settle back to the original rating, if not slightly lower. It kind of wasn't, it wasn't. Viewership was slightly down, but the demo was up and that's more important. And let's not forget the original number AW and TNT would be ecstatic if they can hit 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 that seven hundred thousand point three five something demo range every single week for one of TV's not great time yeah. slots. They won cable for the night. Look, here's the thing: people who listen to this podcast in good faith might want to hear this, and it's the truth: that number and that demo in that slot, TNT will be doing cartwheels, which is great, because if TNT do cartwheels, that means that in the next couple of years, when the rights fee gets renegotiated, they will give AEW lots of money, because they've been a proven commodity on their network. AEW getting lots more money allows them to do things like recruit talent. In about two years, there'll be way more ex-WWE guys coming in who are great. You just don't think they're great because they're in WWE right now and they can't book. <laughs> means more money for them. It means more real music to get people that bit more over, like Jungle Boy. It just means that everything will be brighter and more successful in the future. And if that rating, which absolutely unequivocally is not a disappointment, is stable, then happy days ahead. Good stuff. Right, uh, let's get in with this uh, tag title match. It was the tag team uh, eliminated tournament final. Of course, the winners of this go on to face the Young Bucks at All Out, and the Young Bucks came out before this match started with their, as Jericho pointed out, customized chairs. He was, he was very jealous of, of all that. Um, uh, yes, the Lucha Bros got the jobber entrance, but I allowed it because I was like, we got, we got I'd rather have, what, two more minutes on this match yes. than an entrance like we got the jungle boy entrance and it felt like it felt like walking into a party that was just getting going because it like it started big uh, it's friday night you know what that means out comes jungle boy all the crowd are obviously singing baltimore and i just was straight in with yeah. that uh, and you had uh janice uh, the uh, nba champion milwaukee bucks they're my team go bucks uh, I made friends with some people from Milwaukee when I was on my honeymoon. They gave me a Milwaukee Bucks cup. And then a year later, they won uh, the basketball trophy. The so, basketball trophy. So we won the NBA finals. We, we, uh, we've completed it, mate. So don't need to bother following that anymore. But yes, uh, it was just, I mentioned this on the, uh, I think on the SmackDown review. It was just nice to see someone who's a sports star who they're not having to be like, Pretend like you're enjoying this. He was just jazzed. He was jumping up left, right, center, not just at the start of the show, but throughout the match and reacting to it. He's clearly having a fantastic time. Um, so we start off with Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy, and they sort of technically wrestle each other and go back and forth. It goes to a bit of a stalemate, and they they shake hands, and they still square up. There's still some animosity there, but they tag in their partners, so we get Luchasaurus and Penta, and obviously Penta does the thing with the glove, teasers throwing it at Marco Stunt, throws it to Alex Abrahantes, and Luchasaurus doesn't let him do the whole zero miedo, because why would you in that scenario? And in a, in a minute's time after that, everyone's just kicking each other, kicking their heads right at the shoulders, which I really enjoyed. Later on in the match, uh, Luchasaurus hits a tail whip on Penta, choke slams Phoenix on top of Penta, then hits a standing moonsault. Brilliant for a two count. Um, eventually, Luchasaurus gets beaten down 
Finally gets the tag to Jungle Boy. He takes down Phoenix with a lariat. Poison Rana gets a two count. Tiger Bomb, that snare trap. Penta walks in and thinks, I'm not just going to break up this uh, snare trap. I'm going to kick him as hard as I can on the blind side so he can't see me. Kicks him right in the head to break it up. Uh, Penta then does actually get the tag to come in. It's a huge backbreaker on Jungle Boy. Uh, and then they hit Made in Japan for a really, really good two count um, that got everyone ho- hooked in, including Janice, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Jungle Boy, uh, so uh, I think it was, yes, it must have been Penta and uh, Luchasaurus are on the outside. Marco Stunt's there, and they are looking up at um, Jungle Boy, and you think, oh, bloody hell, they're waiting for this spot for a second. What actually happens is Jungle Boy setting himself, and you see over Jungle Boy's shoulder, Ray Phoenix again doing the impossible. There was quite a few spots on this that I've probably forgotten to mention that he does that. Walks across across the ropes, top rope, Hurricane Rana. Jungle Boy flips out onto all the guys on the floor. Just a spectacular, huge pop from the crowd when that happens. Penta uh, and Jungle Boy uh, back in the ring. They fight back, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, that is. They go for the Thoracic Express. Penta breaks it up, though. I think they were going to hit that on Ray Phoenix. They spill out to the apron. Penta hits a Canadian Destroyer on the apron on Jungle Boy. And Phoenix comes off the top rope, Canadian Destroyer on Luchasaurus. I'm sorry, I popped my tits off. You weren't the only one. And especially when Luchasaurus kicked out at one, and you thought, oh, you know... (laughs) So, kicks out immediately. Lucha Bros look at each other and go, well, there's only one thing to do here. Kick him until he won't get up. A whole, whole range of super kicks here on Luchasaurus. Then they hit that double-team pile driver on him, and finally they can get the three count. One, two, three. Barely have a chance to celebrate when those pricks, the Young Bucks, run down and attack them. But... Uh, they get chased off by a recovering Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Abrahantes and Marco Stunt and all the other people at ringside. It is Lucha Bros versus uh, the Young Bucks all out. We'll talk more about that in due course. But like you say, just they know how to book these openings of, Dian- of uh, Rampage, don't they? Jesus Christ, this is absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome, exhilarating, just balls-to-the-wall action, executed fabulously. It peaked in a build to that peak fabulously. Two things before I get into the action, which, you know, I can't really talk about the story of the match or whatever. It was just a succession of cool moves, but it's all about how you build upon the cool yeah. moves. You can't just... There's an art to constructing this, and it's kind of a dark art. It's quite hard to articulate, but it's not just a series of moves that are cool. You have to do one that's cooler than the other. You have to do things like the Luchasaurus kick out at one, because you never thought... He would take a Canadian Destroyer. The fact that he took it was a pop. And then the one-count kick-out, they do things like this, the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, who are the absolute experts of this genre of match. They always find a way to make you feel almost literally breathless because the idea is it's always a twist. So when you've literally not closed your mouth (laughs) because you've just popped at something ridiculously awesome... They do something even more tits (laughs) when you've just closed your mouth. The whole idea is they are meant to send you into this delirium with a style of match. And they did precisely that. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, Two things on the presentation of uh, Rampage, first and foremost. Chris Jericho screamed within the first five seconds. And then he said, in a very worrying omen for the months to come, 
yeah, I screamed it because that's what I do. And it's like more than one person is telling you that you are very good at what you do. Even this isn't your like number one rule in AEW. Mm-hmm. You simply need to rein it back in. But the problem with Chris Jericho and the problem with any kind of pro wrestler or personality is that they'll have sycophantic fans who will just put over anything they do and he feels like he wants to indulge them and not the quite reasonable critics who are saying, come on, wind it in a little yeah. bit. So it felt like he was telling me to fuck off for having <laughs> yes. an opinion of, right, okay, please. I think you're very witty at the booth. You have a genuine enthusiasm, which again is such a wonderful contrast to Michael Cole's calls at SummerSlam. Talk about an overcorrection. He just sounded like an idiot. He sounded like an idiot for Becky Lynch's return, Brock Lesnar's return, and John Cena's return. Michael Cole is trying way too hard. I don't get any of that from Jericho, but at the same time, calm down. Hmm. Please calm down. The fact that he went, yeah, because that's what I do. Just felt like it. Right, okay. That's me bollocked for having an opinion <laughs> shared by a not inconsiderable, inconsiderable amount of people. So there was that, but it, he didn't detract from the match. Beyond that, he actually accentuated. There was still the crosstalk, which you're always going to get a, with a four-man booth. It feels like, why is Jericho there when he's calling action? That's mm-hmm. what Excalibur's there for, particularly. This is like Excalibur's bread and butter. So there remain problems with the commentary booth. But, my God, as I said, the way this match escalated was tremendous. The way they measured the excitement to give you things that made you pop before you stopped popping was tremendous. It's like a feeling. You got overwhelmed by how awesome the action was. And that's so much harder to do to create the feeling of adrenaline and to elicit that than it is to just do some cool stuff in a row. It's so much more than that. Mm. There was a bit with there, it was very early, with Phoenix, who was just on unbelievable form. He did the bit where he's on the top rope, he's balancing. Was this in the the Jurassic Express corner? Yes. Oh, yeah. And he gets crotched, but he lands both feet on either side of the second rope. (laughs) Yes. And then he does this thing where he performs like a flat back bump on the top rope to pop back up, evade Luchasaurus, and then do some kind of a arm drag or a head scissor or whatever it was to Jungle Boy. And I'm thinking, Luchasaurus, right? You're in the perfect position because what you're doing is you're trying to block and you're trying to interfere. But could you just get out of the way so I can see what Phoenix did? (laughs) Because what the hell did he do? Well, you say this. You know, I said, oh, I was going to watch it on double speed, blah, blah, blah. That, that, that was the moment because I was watching it on double speed and that Don't happened. Don't watch AEW on double speed. Watch WWE on double speed. I know, but I, was, it was, I hadn't watched it yet and I, was get, I got back late last night and I was like, well, I need to watch it. And I literally was just like, I'll just, I'll just blitz it and then, you know, maybe I'll re-watch some stuff the next day. And that happened. And I went, right, what's just happened? Yeah. No one else has sat there with me. I've just said that out loud. What's just happened? And I not only then went to normal speed for that bit, I went, off speed. Let's see what. what and I, st- it, it's, it's. I know it's, it's an oft-repeated phrase, but it's gravity-defying what he can pull off on the top rope, especially for someone who. Let's not forget these aren't ropes. They're not ropes. It's not a rope. I always have to remind myself that occasionally. And I'm not sure if this was actually on this mention on the show. Well, I think got, Taz said something about it's, you know steel cables and blah blah blah. But they've got more spring. That's yes, why they yeah. use them. Instead but even of a rope. so, it's the speed of it all and the danger of like. If he messes that up, if he gets his body positioned a slightly posi- slightly wrong position, he's wrecking his knee ligaments or his legs, or he's just he's just fallen off and landed on his sodding head, yeah. or 
or he's just making himself look like a tit, which the risk, you know, it, it, I just couldn't believe what he pulled off You there. look way more like a tit the more ambitious you get yes. in a wrestling ring, and the fact that he hasn't done a glaring botch. He's done the odd botch-like, but it's fine. But, uh, he's just a phenomenal performer. I've got no idea, no earthly conception of how he did that particular spot. One more thing before we move on. They did this at uh, Double or Nothing 2019 as well. The Lucha Bros got this wonderful spot where they use the other as a platform to do a Canadian Destroyer on the apron, but it's always like Phoenix, like feigning that he's injured. So you're like, it'll collapse on the apron, clutches back a bit. You think, all right, he's injured. I can reach down and pick him up and do some damage to him. But like by the time they pick him up, it's a ruse and Penta does that destroyer. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The last two matches, which uh, Jurassic Express, have just done two of the best tag team matches of the year. Mm. What depth to this division. I was high on AEW watching this, and I wasn't at all having watched Dynamite. And they, they take this after Dynamite, didn't yes. they? Because that's why people you were saying on the preview were so buzzing about this match. <laughs> it sort of stands to reason as to why that is if you've just witnessed that and gone, but why was this on, on Dynamite? People were in my uh, comments saying, oh, it's getting raved about. Make sure you watch that. I really enjoyed the spoiler-free Rampage praise. Not that I'm not going to watch it, but, you know, this is what happens. If you tape a show and it's really good, word of mouth will compel people to watch it. Maybe this drew the rating in regards to that. And then people are like, going, oh, it's an old-timer. And I'm like, is it? And I watched it, I'm like, oh, it is. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Just ridiculously exciting. That was followed up by CM Punk and Darby Allen video, which I'd already seen on Twitter. And just, I, I love the production values that they put into these. Uh, covering, you know, CM Punk's return, calling out Darby Allen, and him talking about, you know, the adoration he's got for someone like Darby Allen, that Teenage Him would have been a fan of his. But he's got to prove, not just to Darby, but to himself and to the fans that he's still got it. I mean, it's a hell of a sell for all that. Not that you needed one. That's the thing, you don't need one. As I said before, the match graphic kind of sells itself. It's a really nice way of getting CM Punk back without having to do... You want to, you just want to get him back in a great match, ease any underlying concerns that he might not be able to be the old CM Punk, and then when he's received as his hero, and he's received as the hero who can still go, then you have someone coast to coast his forehead, beat the piss out of him, and get over as the biggest heel in the company. But do this wonderful, nice thing first. Because it's like a mission statement, if you like, more than it is a storyline. And I think it's fair to say, just quickly talking about All Out, actually, I think you and I, you know, it's not that we weren't bothered about All Out, obviously. Uh, and we're going to be previewing it this week, and we'll be talking more about it on the Dynamite previews and reviews and, and Rampage preview, of course. But um, I think it's fair to say that we weren't, like, doing cartwheels over the matches on it, but it's building up, it's bubbling up very nicely just in time. Like we said a few weeks, if not months ago, if you'd have said Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the world title, would have gone, oh, where's Angman Page yeah. and all this? But that's understandable. He's off having a kid or his, you know, family stuff, etc. And now you've got, obviously, Punk Darby Allen. That's the, your major selling point. Kenny Omega, Christian Cage has got this intrigue to it, and more on that later on. You've got Eddie Kingston. We'll talk about him in, in just a second against Miro. And... You know, you've got a whole host of other matches, but in particular, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, two of the best tag teams in the world, with all the flippy works they do, with a steel cage added onto it so they can't uh, do all the shenanigans. I'm too scared of that match. <laughs> I'm far too scared. Yeah, the all-out cards bubbling over nicely. Look, we were going to get Paige Omega, Alan Punk, Moxley Tanahashi. Like, come on, that would have been like a seven-star pay-per-view. 
It can only feel lesser than, given that we're not getting two of those matches, but it still looks like a tremendous card. Um, yeah, we'll preview it more in depth later, but Punk Allen is very much the selling point for this at this point. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, let's uh, get into something that, that that led to, or is going to lead to, all that, which was Miro. He's going to come out and cut promo. He basically kicked Fuego down, sold down to the ring, brought him in there, bollocked him for daring to challenge him effectively a few weeks ago, and unmasked Fuego del Sol. He covers up his face. He rolls out to the ring, uh, and he's you know he's been calling out Eddie Kingston, of course, for all these weeks. Out comes Eddie Kingston onto the ramp with a microphone, puts it to his lips, decides none of that bollocks. Chucks it to the floor, runs down to the ring, starts brawling. Miro initially gets the upper hand because Eddie Kingston's got to get into the ring, so it gives Miro a bit of an advantage. But uh, Kingston fights back, hits him with an exploder suplex, and then the referees pile in to separate them. Oh, this is going to be tasty. It's going to be tasty. Um, I really like the brief glimpses of physicality because in Miro, you've got the perfect opponent for Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston operates at his best when he's getting physically destroyed, but his heart... And his spirit means so much more than his size or his strength or his um, advancing years. Miro's a perfect opponent. Ultimate badass versus ultimate never-say-die baby face. Awesome chemistry. Awesome dynamic. I really want a promo. It's Eddie Kingston. The thing with the, the microphone, it's like, nah, nah, screw this. I liked it enough. I was sold on this match. And just Miro's 
delivery is so great and his aura has become so great that when he said the Redeemer wants to talk to you, awesome. The fact that he is singling out Eddie Kingston is itself just this wonderful sell, wonderfully puts over um, Eddie Kingston. But because it's Eddie Kingston, I really want to see a promo on Dynamite this week. Mm. I really want to see one. Because this was passable, very good, in a passable sort of, yeah, did a job sort of way. But this program could be bigger, and I'm expecting it to get get bigger on Dynamite this week. Yeah, I was hoping so as well. If if not Dynamite, then something on Rampage perhaps, because I know we've got the MJF sit down with, with Jim Ross. But yeah. Exactly. Fired up Eddie Kingston, mother's eyes sort of stuff in a promo. Rampage is a great shout because, as I said, it's not one of the key concerns to sell at All Out on Dynamite. Kingston doing a promo on Rampage, she could talk anyone into a building, so it probably will work really well as a last-ditch sort of come on by the pay-per-view. Yeah, deal. and if you mention that as well on Dynamite, then maybe more casual fans who are still AW fans will go... I'll probably tune in just to see what Eddie's got to say yeah. because it's inevitably going to be everywhere by Saturday morning yeah. sort of thing. Uh, right, then we got a Tay Conti versus the Bunny. Uh, of course, this uh, set up on Dynamite and is leading inevitably to that Casino Battle Royal. Um, Bunny jumps Conti before the bell uh, to get the advantage. Uh, they start exchanging chops in the corner, uh, but Conti overwhelms her in that regard. So Bunny just rakes her eyes and chokes her a little bit. Uh, Bunny hits her flying clothesline for a near fall. Conti comes back using her judo throws and and, and uh, hits a face buster in amongst all that. The finish sees Tay Conti hit her uh, Tay KO finisher when Penelope Ford comes down to the ring, distracting Tay Conti. Uh, she's setting up for, for the big finish uh, for the DDT. But Ford jumps up on the apron. Conti's distracted. The referee's distracted. Bunny crawls over to her corner where the blade is. He hands her the infamous brass knucks, of course. She clobbers Conti with them, knocks her out. Uh, one, two, three. The bunny pins Tay Conti and Penelope Ford and take uh, and uh, the bunny, sorry, celebrate together post-match. Um, potential partnership, I suppose, for the Casino Battle Royal. The story of this match... <laughs> was not great in terms of the bunny's crazy <laughs> with some of the facials. But, you know, these weird allegiances, I suppose, before the Battle Royal make sense. Uh, but what did you make of it? I thought this was all pretty bad. There's such... I'm kind of getting pissed off now. I've defended and defended this women's division, or at least I've given good faith arguments as to why, when it was getting crucified throughout 2020... I was trying to tell people in good faith, look, I'm not getting paid by Tony Khan. <laughs> this division cannot possibly be good because loads of the best performers are stranded in Japan. Chris Statlander got injured. The systemic misogyny of American women's wrestling means there can only be a certain amount of really polished TV-ready performers. Those excuses are evaporating with how much time they've had to build the greener reaches of this roster, how many performers they do have access to in um, Emi Sakura and Riho, I know she had a bad um, reaction to the vaccine, but Deeb, I know she got injured. Um, but you've got Statland back, like the forbidden doors open. You could have booked a match with Diana Parazzo, you just didn't. Why not? And you ask these questions, it's like, do you really give it to us? And I'm starting to think, no, you don't know where near enough. Like, Lila Hirsch is amazing. She should be on Dynamite more than she is. Like, and then you get something like this from the 
way it was set up to what it's built to. What was a backstage interruption for like a 10-second promo? Oh, there's a match with a distraction finish. That's going to lead to another match on Dynamite this week. It's NXT booking. It's everything I buried NXT yeah. for being in 2019 when it was like, oh, Christ, we need a match. We need a live match to pop a rating. Who can be asked to tell stories? We're not tasked with telling stories on this new television platform. We're here to get away from their audience. How do we do that? They like great matches. Let's just book any old crap to get at the matches. That's what it feels like. This is the most basic pretext to get to a match. This match, which is leading to uh, Penelope Ford versus Ty Conti, I'm all in favor of that on Dynamite. I've been a staunch performer, uh, supporter of each performer, yeah, yeah. getting more TV time. Could they have picked a more basic and um, suboptimal means of getting to the match. The Rampage tagline, the way it was promoted to me when they showed the um, the assets and the, the the lightning stuff, the like the promo stuff on uh, Dynamite was less distraction, more action. Third episode in, and you get a distraction finish. Yeah. And it's like, it had to be the women, didn't it? Of course it's the women who get the distraction finish because they don't care enough to book really great, intricate stories involving the women's division. And that pisses me off because I'm getting made a mug of at this point for mm. defending um, them to do it. So the match was, it's so WWE this, Ty Conti takes loads of it. She takes about 80% of it. Then the distraction happens and the idea is, and it's so like they're taking the piss. Oh, you meant to think that one's good because she controlled most of the match, but that one won the match. Piss off. That's so raw. Mm. It is so raw to do something like that. And uh, Conti's stuff still looks not as effective as it could, or it is, in fact, too effective because she can clean a clock in Conti. And the bunny selling, I thought, was so overwrought. She was getting kicked in the face, and she was, like, looking at the camera and doing, like, sort of a dead sell, like, I'm knackered. Look at how hard she is. I'm going to win the match. We're both getting over. I just thought, I, I, I thought, watching this match, I'm getting the piss taken out of me, and I do not like that from AEW. I don't like how they undermine the tagline. I don't like how they only got four minutes. I don't like any of this. And the worst thing is, it's that like the execution of what little they were given was really not great, and it almost justifies mm. why they're in this state. And it's this uh, circular thing that I can't see a way out of, and it's starting to piss me off now. Mm. No, I completely, completely get where you're coming from there. Uh, it did feel very... It left a bad taste in the mouth, especially the finish to this match. Uh, but we'll see how they follow up on Dynamite this week. Uh, we got a quick face-to-face -face, uh, interview between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. Christian Cage with Frankie Kazarian and, and Kenny Omega with Brandon Cutler and Don Callis, of course. Um, back and forth on what can we what we can expect at All Out and tonight on, on Rampage. Um, putting over the fact of... Don Callis basically and Kenny Omega saying, I'm so good, I can even beat you with this knobhead in that the corner. Popped daft. And uh, effectively, Kazarian and Christian Cage saying, Don't let him do all the work. Don't just leave him in there. Fight us. And, you know, because there was Mark Henry pitched the idea it's dangerous. You could get injured, Kenny, just before defending your title. And I like the fact that the babyface didn't go, Oh, no, we've never even dreamed. Like, maybe, maybe you will get injured. See what happens. You know, these yeah. things happen in fights. I like that. And I really liked, I don't know what it was, 
the way Mark Henry, not written what he said down, but basically went, enough of all this bollocks, it's time for the main event. And I was like, oh yes, I'm with you for that one, Mark. So then we did get uh, Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian. Did Don Callis trying to go on commentary and they told him to piss yeah. off? Wonderful. Lovely little detail, that. Uh, so Brandon Cutler, of course, starts the match across from Frankie Kazarian and... The match that you anticipate happens. Frankie Kazarian completely dominates, controls him, beats the beats him up. Uh, eventually, Kenny Omega decides, right, enough's enough. A real pro will take over from here. He gets in, and within 30 seconds, he has had to use a shortcut because Frankie Kazarian hits the ropes. Michael Nakazawa grabs his ankle, distracts him. That allows Kenny Omega to attack him, take control. Uh, eventually, Kazarian uh, fights out of being battered by Kenny Omega. Makes it to the corner, tags in Christian Cage. Kenny Omega immediately gets out of dodge. Doesn't want a single piece of him. I love the story beats of that. Of he'll fight, he'll fight Christian Cage just when Christian Cage isn't ready for it. Basically, um, in comes Cutler. Uh, <laughs> Cage, I think, directly punches him in the face at that point. Like he's got the mask on. No bollocks, straight into your face. Um, Kazarian comes in. They suplex Cutler off the top rope. They kick him out of the ring. They go to the floor. Nakazawa, the referee's, I think, distracted by Callis at this point. Nakazawa hits Kazarian with his laptop. Nothing happens. So uh, Cage comes around, takes Nakazawa and hoys him into the crowd. But that allows uh, Omega to take down Kazarian with a clothesline. Um, they get back in. More offense from Kenny Omega on Kazarian. Pie face on him. Cutler gets the tag. Oh, this might be my favorite spot of the year. Uh, comes in. Does a dance. Hits an elbow, does another weird jiggy dance, hits the dab elbow in 2021. Mark Henry, like, he doesn't know that's not a thing anymore, doesn't he? <laughs> anyway, he goes for another ridiculous dancing elbow, misses it. That allows Kazarian to get away and tag in Christian Cage. Cutler's obviously just like, oh, bollocks, I don't want any more of this. I know what happened last time. Goes to tag in Kenny Omega, who, of course, jumps down from the apron and just leaves him. Uh... Cage just batters him, uh, but Omega sees an opportunity, tries to jump in and hit a one-winged angel on Christian, but Christian escapes and batters both Cutler and Omega. Oh, that was it. He had Cutler in the corner and he was standing on top of him to do the 10 punches and oh. Omega slipped in to pick him up to the one-winged angel, but he snuck out, put Omega in there and just punched both of them. Uh, Cage hit a pair of reverse DDTs, uh, but Omega puts Christian, uh, crushes him on the post. Christian comes back. Goes to the kill switch on Omega, who slides out of the ring. Has he got Kenny Omega's number? That's the big question. Omega slides out of the ring. It's just like, Brandon, all yours, brother. Christian spears him. Kill switch. One, two, three. Christian stands tall yet again in a contest with Kenny Omega. And surprise, surprise, Kenny, uh, sorry, Brandon Cutler was the one to take the fall in this one. Christ, who would have guessed that? Look, this is fun. The issue is that these are marathon tapings. And... Any match is bad if it gets a subdued or exhausted reaction. But there are certain matches that like are worse. A comedy match that is sort of trying to get different things across. They're trying to tell the story that Christian Cage has got Kenny Omega's number, as you wisely point out. They are trying to have some fun with it. They are trying to weave some drama into it. They're trying to get Kenny Omega um, to look like the sneaky bastard in it. So they're trying to get this oscillating reaction they're getting different, like different kinds of noises from the audience, like laughter, genuine like gasp. Christ, Kenny's gonna come in, the catharsis, and the laughs from the two punches spot. If you're getting no reaction or little reaction from an exhausted crowd to this, 
because it's like total farcical comedy attached to a world title program, if they're not popping for the fun, the fun feels like it's an intrusion on the fact that it is a world title match. And I know that flies in the face of the things I've been saying, but regardless, people can change their minds based on what is given to them. It just felt like there's nothing worse than forced fun. And having seen the um, Cutler versus Kazarian dark match, they did basically the same things. Mm. So it felt like, oh, that was on dark. It kind of got a little cult following. Let's just do on, run it back on telly. And, you know, can't do anything for doing right because people say this all the time. What's good on dark or what's meaningful on dark, try and do it on telly because not enough people watch dark. When they finally do it, people are like, oh, he did that on dark. <laughs> They'll never win. Um, but for me, this is a straight attempt to like, right, okay, this popped, let's do it on telly. And I'd already seen it, so it didn't quite have the same effect. Forced fun, even though it was well-crafted, quite dramatic fun, it did feel like they were trying very hard to get a reaction. And when you want to have a fun comedy match, the joy is in the organic ebb mm. and flow of it. Look, they are going to reconfigure these tapings, by all accounts. Dark is heading to Universal Studios. I think they are realizing Rampage is a big TNT property. We can't really afford to have like flat, exhausted crowds receive it because the idea is one of the pulls of AEW is look how goddamn hot and into it these fans yeah. are compared to WWE with whom we're in competition. So maybe something like this would have worked had it been two or three hours into these tapings instead of like four. Um, so they need to address that. They really will. And they are by not shortening dark, but... Taking it somewhere else where yeah, it needs to go. Yeah, exactly. But an enjoyable contest nonetheless. And, and was a fun. great development, the Omega Christian storyline. It was fun. I smiled. I popped. It advanced to a degree, the Christian Omega storyline. But like not in a way where, oh Christ, I have to see what happens next week. Or I'm so glad I watched that. It was just a bit of fun. Mm. Which probably isn't enough for your third hour of TV. Mm. Yeah. If I'm being honest. That's fair. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on AEW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Tomorrow, of course, we'll have you the uh, AEW Dynamite preview. And out right now is our SmackDown review, our Raw review, and our NXT preview will be coming out later on today as well. But for now, this has been the AEW Rampage review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.